0: Good morning. It said uh, Bible time, and I didn't know if uh, something else was going to happen then or not. So I guess our kids know what to do now. Am I supposed to dismiss anybody, Brent? What am I supposed to? No, they're, they're, staying in here. they're staying in here. They're staying in here. We all have Bible time together. Turning your Bibles to Mark chapter one. We're going to spend our, our time there this morning. Again, I want to say that we are very blessed to be here this morning. We uh, have met a good number of you. I've met a few more this morning, but over the course of Friday evening and, and yesterday afternoon, we've been able to, to talk and to speak with a, a number of you and uh, get to know you a little better. Maybe you've gotten to know us. Obviously, you don't know what you got till you get it, um, but we are so blessed. A uh, lady this morning asked me, she said, are, are, you, a, are you our prospect And I hadn't been anybody's prospect in a long time, so kind of, kind of felt good, you know. I'm a prospect, Um, not a had. Anyway, um, we are so blessed to be here. Thank you for your your hospitality and your love. Um, The body of Christ is a beautiful thing, and when uh, when there's love and unity. Uh, you can't beat that anywhere and um, we we feel that we feel that love Um, I hope you weren't just putting it on for us uh, but it's real and genuine and if it is uh, then we can show the world what that love looks like by the way that we love one another and then in turn go out and and love the world so so thank you for the hospitality the graciousness I'm looking forward to uh, to a potluck are we having a potluck today is that right uh, i 've been to a lot of potlucks in my life, you know when I was traveling and singing, every church put on a potluck, and sometimes there were um, a lot of pots and and not much luck. you know um, you just kind of get what you get you know so um, i 'm going to be judging you this afternoon in about an hour so i 'm um, not going to preach for an hour. I-, I promise you that mark chapter one we 're going to spend a little time there. Um, the year I graduated high school, a movie came out. That was back in uh, 1900 and none of your business. But it's been a while. It's been a little while. But a movie came out with the uh, the title Trading Places. Some of you may have seen that movie. It had uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy in it, a host of other people. But the gist of the movie was that... Uh, the character played by Dan Aykroyd—he was a uh, an up-and-coming, well-to-do, upper-class uh, commodity broker. He traded commodities, and he worked for these two brothers, uh, the Duke brothers. Duke and Duke was their brokerage firm, and he was he was up-and-coming. He was wealthy, and you know, trading and all this kind of stuff. And the brothers had this bet. They they had this bet that. They could take him out of his role and plug anybody into it, and, and he could do just as good a job. Well, Eddie Murphy's character was some streetwise guy that was hustling and dealing, kind of down on his luck. And so they framed Aykroyd's character like he had committed some crime, so they could get him out of his role, and they plugged in Eddie Murphy And there was this experiment to see how each one of them would perform if they had the other person's circumstances. A wealthy guy going to being cast out on the street, a streetwise guy all of a sudden being uh, in the midst of wealth. How would they handle that if they traded places? And that was a bet. At the end of the movie, you found out that the bet was for $1. That's all it was. It was just a running bet between the brothers. But how would these two individuals react if their circumstances were completely reversed, if they traded places? We're going to look at that here in the book of Mark this morning. Mark sort of gets right down to the point. He doesn't beat around the bush. And we see Jesus. Jesus is very popular at this point. He's begun his his ministry. Uh, He's healing people. People are coming from all over in our reading this morning. He healed many people with various diseases. Uh, The people are listening to Jesus and they're saying, nobody's ever spoken like this man. He doesn't speak like, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees, but he speaks as one who has authority. And he did speak as one who had authority. He didn't speak and he didn't quote other men. He was God in the flesh. a very popular time in his ministry. As the are reading um, in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 32, that evening after sunset the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town, the whole town gathered at the door, they're clamoring to see Jesus. They want to get close to Jesus. They, they've heard about this miracle worker from, from Galilee, a man from Nazareth. And Jesus healed. He healed many of various diseases. He also drove out demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Even the demons recognized who Jesus was. The Bible says in the book of James, the brother of Jesus said that even the demons believe and tremble. They knew who he was. The Holy One of God. So he didn't, he didn't let them speak. We pick up with our lesson this morning in verse 40. The word of the Lord says, It's hard to, hard to compete with that, so I'll just let it, let it ride. Verse 40, the Bible says this. A man with leprosy came to him, came to Jesus, and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. He says, if, if you are willing... Two little letters, but if is a very big word, is it not? If you are willing. And you know, I think two of the saddest words in the English language might be if only. If only. If only I had gotten that job. If only I had married the right person. If only I had gone to this school and not that school. If only, if only... Dot, 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 fill in the blank. Very sad word. But it's also a very hopeful word, is it not? In this man's case, if... It, there's so, it's just dripping with hope. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice what the man does not say. He does not say, Jesus, if you are able... You can make me clean. He doesn't say that, does he? I don't know where the guy heard of Jesus, but surely because of the popularity, because of what Jesus had been doing among the crowds, healing people of various diseases, the man doesn't come to Jesus and say, if you're able, you can do this for me. He says, if you are willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Sounds like the guy has some sort of faith, does it? Does it not? He believes that Jesus is able, but what he wants to know is, are you willing? Are you willing? Notice how Jesus responds to him. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand. And touch the man. Now, if you know anything at all about leprosy, it was, a, it was an ugly, ugly disease. The Greek word here used for leprosy could mean any number of uh, infectious diseases. It didn't have to necessarily mean leprosy. But leprosy is a, is a sad, sad condition. Uh, I, I do a lot of work in, in West Africa. Uh, in Ghana and Togo, and there is actually a leper colony Church of Christ in the southeast part of of Ghana in the Volta region. About twenty plus years ago, a church was established among among the lepers there. There was about twenty five um, that had leprosy, and they had to live uh, they had to live by themselves. They couldn't live with everyone else. Um, this was very true in in Jesus's day. If you had leprosy, you were unclean. You could not be around other people. Other people could not touch you or else they would become ceremonially unclean. So to be a leper meant that you had to live outside of the city. You could not live with family, with friends. So I don't know how long this guy had had leprosy, but, but he was not with the community. He had to live outside of the city in lonely places. Sometimes people, family, might, might bring food or might b- bring provisions. But if someone else got close, they would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, so that nobody would come and themselves either be infected or ceremonially unclean. So this man comes to Jesus, falls on his knees, begs him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And it said Jesus had compassion. And he reached out and he touched the man. I wonder how long it had been since anyone had touched this man. You know, touch is very important, is it not? I mean, to feel the touch of someone that you love, someone that you care about. I like, I'm, I'm kind of a hands-on kind of guy. I like to shake hands. This whole COVID thing has really bummed me out because I like to hug. I like to be hugged. I like people to, you know, grab me by the shoulders and put money in my pocket. And, you know, <laughs> that's, I'm not joking. I like that. I like to be physical, you know. I'm, I just, I don't know, I'm just that that kind of, that kind of I just like touch. And it's very important to be touched. A young newborn needs to be held, they need to be touched, they need to be coddled and give kisses because it helps them to grow it. It makes them feel, um, you know, uh, happy. It helps in that maturation process. We all need it. There's nothing sweeter than if I'm standing there at the counter uh, in our kitchen or something and my wife walks by and just, you know, gives me a little squeeze or maybe touches my face. I feel like a prospect again, you know. <laughs> There's something sweet about touch. We, we, we need it. We, we, we crave it. It's healthy. I wonder how long this man had lived with no one being able to touch him. Having compassion, the Bible says, Jesus reached out and touched him. And then notice what he says. I am willing. I'm willing. The one question that the man wanted to know is, Jesus, I know you can make me clean, but are you willing? And Jesus reached out and touched him, and he said, I am willing. Be clean. Now, just the act of touching this man makes Jesus himself ceremonially unclean. You understand that? Uh, he sh- you know, by any stretch of the imagination, he should not have done that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If I were Jesus, and I know I'm going to heal the guy. I probably would have healed him first, you know, heal him first, then touch. But that's not what Jesus did. What did this man need? We needed a lot of things. But it seemed to me in Jesus' mind, this man needed someone to touch him physically, lay hands on him in that moment. So Jesus said, I am willing. Be clean. And the Bible says... Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a stern warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. What? Does that that sound right to you? That's kind of a weird request, isn't it? But go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. You see, Jesus, uh, kind of twofold here, Jesus' time has not yet come. He's got a lot of work, he's got a lot of ministry left to do before he goes to the cross. So he tells the guy, Don't tell this to anyone, okay? That's part and parcel to why he says that. But then he says, go and show yourself to the priest because Jesus wants everyone to know that he's not trying to violate the law of Moses. You go and do exactly what the law says to do, and if you are cured from leprosy, you're to go and show yourself to the priest and make sacrifices so that everyone knows that Jesus uh, not only is obeying the law of Moses, but also that this healing is real and it's from God. See, this would be a testimony to the people. Who has the power to heal? Only God. Only God. So go show yourself to the priest, and this will be a testimony that not just the man Jesus healed, but it came from God. So what does the guy do? He does exactly what Jesus tells him, right? Instead... He went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. If you had been quarantined, we've come to know what that word means the last couple of years, have we not? If you had been quarantined from your family, from your friends, for a week, a month, a year, five years, who knows? And then a man named Jesus comes and cures you of your leprosy, what do you think you would do? You'd go tell somebody, wouldn't you? Would you be happy? Would you be excited? You're now going to be able to leave the the colony of lepers and you're going to be able to go back into the town and be with your family, be with your friends, people that you've missed and longed to see and to touch. So he goes and he tells every. He starts talking freely and openly. You got to see what happened. Look at me. Look at me. I'm healed. I'm clean. And he and he begins to talk freely. You know, it's amazing to me that we will we will tend to share everything good about our lives except Jesus. You can go eat, a, eat at a new Italian restaurant and really get a great dish. And then someone asks you and you say, you know what, you have got to try this place. It's excellent. It's wonderful. You, you need to try this or try that. Or we go see a movie and, and someone says, how was that movie? And we say, man, you've got to go check this thing out. That was hilarious. That was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Four stars. We share everything. That's good in our lives, but but sometimes we're just so reticent to share Jesus. To say, you've got to see this man, you need to be touched by him. He can heal you. But yet we don't do that. This man began to go out and speak freely, even though Jesus said, don't he couldn't help himself. He was clean. He was new. And he was able to leave that lonely place and to come back into the city. As a result of this, the Bible says Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But stayed outside in lonely places. You see what's happened? Jesus in essence, has traded places with this man. This man had to live in lonely places by himself, maybe with a handful of other lepers, and that was it. Couldn't come into the city. Couldn't be around family and friends. Once Jesus touches this man and heals him, he now comes into the city, and what does Jesus do? He has to stay out in lonely places. When the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on him, compassion is not just feeling sorry for someone, maybe giving a little money to to help alleviate this or that. True compassion, I think, is when you are willing to enter into the other person's pain. You begin to take some of that pain upon yourself. That's compassion. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. You see, Jesus had no sin. He took on flesh. He walked among us, but he was without any sin. And yet the Bible says he became sin. Peter says in 1 Peter two twenty four, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, He died the death that I should have died. When Jesus died on the cross, He died the death that you should have died. The wages of sin is what? Is death. We have any sinners in the house this morning? You and I deserve death. Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him Would not perish, would not perish, but we would have everlasting life. Jesus took our place. Do you see it? Is it beautiful to you this morning to know that God made him who had no sin to be sin for me and for you? There is no other friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No one else could heal our soul's diseases. No, not one. Only Jesus. He's traded places with you. He left heaven and came to earth so that you could leave this earth. And find a home in heaven. If you need that this morning, I don't know this body very well. I hope to know it much more in depth as the days and years transpire, if you'll allow me. But there may be someone here this morning that's never put on Christ, that's never given their lives, never had that inversion happen in your life. Today's the day of salvation. You could give your life to Christ this morning. You could be buried with him in baptism to have your sins washed away. Knowing that you'll have that home in heaven one day. I suspect most of you here this morning are here because you've made that commitment. But life is hard. We struggle. Sometimes we need prayers. We need the body to kneel before the throne on our behalf. Maybe that's the case this morning. If you need something, if we can help you spiritually this morning in any way, let it be known. Let's stand. Let's sing.